we're in the law of one session 27 and this was received I'll send the link this was received February 21 1981 almost 34 years ago this is the relistened version uh, showing categories this session is a deep discussion of cosmology uh, there was some <clears throat> discussion of a couple of past lives of a man named Paul Shockley, 27.1 and 27.2, and that's interesting, um, I think, mainly to see that some of what, uh, what whom I may consider flaky and uh, kind of silly, New Agey type people, sometimes what they say is true. Uh, and the idea of uh, having certain past lives and doing certain things that we're building for the future past life or future life uh, and the person can remember this and even have a vision of six density entities uh, sometimes the idea may sound outrageous but it may be metaphysically possible uh, <clears throat> beyond that, those two questions, um, Ra goes into the, the, um, the metaphysics of creation, the creational process, how we go from, uh, you know, the non-created to the created, which is intelligent infinity and becoming or acting and becoming intelligent energy, the logos, love, light, light, love, that is uh, the, the light, the, the metaphysical light that is the result of, Ross said, the action of free will upon love. So you have intelligent infinity and uh, the first distortion, the law of free will, uh, acting upon infinite love, which is different than fourth chakra love, fourth dimensional, and we'll get to that later in the session today. So the, cre <clears throat> the creator wishing to know itself or intelligent infinity wishing to know itself, uh, that wish being uh, a manifestation of free will, uh, acting upon love, and uh, creating light. So the first three laws, the three distortions, the law of free will, the law of love, the law of light. Ross said the origin of light is the action of free will upon love, which is second principle love, not fourth chakra love, infinite love. And so the idea that God is love is um, has some truth to it. Ra will address that later in the session today. It's actually more appropriate or more accurate to say God is infinity. God is unity. God is unity that is infinity or unified infinity or totality or the boundless, which includes love. But it also includes uh, the, the option for entities to go negative. Uh, and uh, that's part of uh, the provision of free will to the manifestation of light, uh, which is, you know, as Ross said, really light love. So that cosmology uh, is the topic or the focus of today's talk and session 27, and uh, it gets very abstruse. 27.4, uh, Rod defined the word intelligent in the concept of intelligent infinity, and it was a long roundabout explanation that I gave. And Rob, basically you can't separate these, and because um, intelligence or boundless mind or limitless mind power potential is intrinsic to infinity. Infinity includes everything, you know? So, uh, and this is again an understanding of um, the creational process, which was not, which, you know, we're calling linear, right? So there's infinity becoming aware of itself, becoming intelligent infinity, uh, discerning the concept of finity or the potential that it could, there could be an experience of uh, apparently not itself, <clears throat> the infinite figured out the possibility, the concept of finity, limitation, non-infinity, and realized that it could experience itself in the appearance of non-infinity, and then by the interplay of that free will with infinite love, giving birth to light, and that light being the origin of the nature of energy. So said Ross said, the nature of energy is light, the origin of light is the action of free will upon love, 
and Don is questioning right from the beginning how is it that infinity which has become intelligent gives birth to light what does this mean intelligent and Ra is basically saying you can't split the term intelligent infinity because it's you know intrinsic to the nature of infinity uh, to have that uh, capacity of infinite intelligence and so uh, 27.5 Rod said there is unity this unity is all that there is and so all that we see and all that is unseen uh, 3D space-time we see 3D time space astral planes heaven worlds and all the higher dimensions four five six seven and all the other octaves we don't see unity is all that there is plus uh, the creational source of all the octaves which is intelligent infinity so intelligent infinity which is a unity uh, manifests as infinite light uh, in sof and that infinite light takes uh, man manifests in the endless octaves of seven dimensions and then beings and levels. Uh, and so Ra explains that this unity has a potential and a kinetic. We can understand it that way. <clears throat> the potential is intelligent infinity or the void or the plenum, the uh, boundless, the mysterium, uh, God as limitless and beyond description. Uh, but then there's the the activation or the mo the movement of that infinite potential, infinite intelligence, intelligent infinity, and tapping this potential will yield work. The work has been called by us intelligent energy, and in a sense, uh, uh, these are these you know everything really is one, and so intelligent infinity and intelligent energy are actually also one. But we can say that we use the term intelligent infinity to describe the infinity, infinity as potential uh, and the source of light. And intelligent infinity potential tapped or doing work or in kinetic phase or in motion or moving to vibration, we call that intelligent energy. And that is the source or that is ultimately light, you see. Light, which is light love, is intelligent energy. And that is ultimately the, the logoi, the logoses, the many stars or the stars that are the manifestation of the creators of seven dimensional solar systems, octaves. That logos, like the sun, we can say as an easy point of reference, the sun as the space-time manifestation of the logoi, logoses, uh, those, those logoi, which is from the Greek uh, meaning word, W-O-R-D, <clears throat> um, those logoi are themselves um, the source of intelligent energy or a down-stepping point between infinite intelligence or intelligent infinity and the octaves. They, um, the bridge is intelligent energy or what comes out of the bridge uh, whose other side is in the eighth density, is beyond the octave what comes through on our side of the bridge is intelligent energy which is really no different than the logos or the logoi which is light love love light and the source of light the source of vibration and so uh 27 6 hold on 27 6 um we're trying to expand on the concept of work, or Don is trying to bring this discussion of cosmology into Newtonian physics. Uh, I'm not going to get long into that, but <clears throat> the the notion of um, 27.6, intelligent infinity has a, having a rhythm or flow as of a giant heart beginning with the central sun, which could be called galactic center, uh, which is the source of the stars of a galaxy. And you can say that that galactic center is the first logos, 
but it's not the same as it is the one infinite creator. The one infinite creator is the source of the galaxies, the source of the central spiritual suns that gave birth to all the stars of the galaxy of any galaxy. So <clears throat> you you need to get clear on the progression, even though it's simultaneous, not linear. Uh, in the linear view, there's intelligent infinity, and then discerning the possibility of infinity, wishing to know itself, uh, then by that desire, which is the law of free will, interacting with its own infinite love or desire for uh, experience, uh, giving birth to light or the logoi, and ultimately intelligent energy, and the galactic centers, and the stars of each galaxy, which are themselves uh, logoi or sub-logoi, actually, uh, which are source of intelligent energy or the bridge of intelligent energy, making or forming each octave associated with the solar systems. Now, if you got all that clear, <clears throat> you have a pretty good basis to understand what Ra's saying. Uh, it takes years to know this, or it took me years to figure this out. But the um, analogy of intelligent infinity as a giant heart um, is very useful. In the, 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 and we'll talk about this later in the session. Uh, there is a cardiac rhythm. There is a respiratory rhythm. And then there's tidal or lunar um, cycles. There are cycles of the tides of the oceans related to the moon and the earth and like a heart and like the breath heart fourth chakra breath fifth chakra right there are cycles uh, for the cardiac cycle we have systole diastole contraction and dilation the contraction is systole the dilation or expansion phase is diastole in the respiratory cycle, we have inhalation-exhalation, which is directly experienced in Anapanasati or Buddhist breath meditation, mindfulness of breath, and the long story. And um, the <clears throat> this these cycles uh, and like the tides coming in, going out, this cyclicity, this uh, which is analogous to a giant heart beginning with the central sun, that cyclicity uh, is, is uh, an analogy for uh, like the manifestation of intelligent infinity into intelligent energy or the octaves, and then the return path, the path of return, being the spiritual path or soul progression from uh, the animal and the mineral, or the mineral and the plant and the animal, through the human, through the, you know, extraterrestrial, fourth, fifth, sixth dimensional levels, back to higher self, and then back to the one. That's the path of return. That's soul progression. That is the return phase of the giant heart beating. Or the, um, you may call it the inhalation or the exhalation phase. They're, they're, you can talk about um, that cycle in... Um, Breathing, if the, car, the respiratory cycle, uh, deeply experienced in meditation, particularly in Anapanasati, breath meditation, Buddhist, uh, one can very deeply, I can, <laughs> somewhat deeply, uh, understand <clears throat> how uh, the quality of the inhalation depends on the quality of the exhalation. The more, and we're not talking about control of the breath, we're talking about the breath getting to this uh, natural condition where the exhalation is very long and the inhalation uh, is is very full and the in inhalation is filling with prana with breath which is energy prana chi ki which is light prana is light and or intelligent energy ultimately that's the essence of breath that's being taken in for energy intelligent energy and uh, enlightenment is called release. Moksha in Hinduism is release or liberation, complete and perfect enlightenment. In a sense, the path of return is the path of release. 
and its experience in the microcosm in Anapanasati breath meditation as uh, the body mind move into such um, stillness or harmony or balance that the exhale becomes very very long and um, silent no noise uh, almost no sensation even at the nose in deep meditation exhalation and then the inhalation is very joyous actually and I could I've had times when I felt joy like pushing the button of joy <clears throat> on each inhalation uh, each inhalation naturally catalyzed or triggered joy it was really quite beautiful and I thought my god if I could stay like this <laughs> I'd be a you know pretty happy happy smiley guy uh, every inhalation I felt joy just inhaling because the exhalation had been so deep had been naturally gotten to the point the respiratory cycle had gotten to the point where the release was so deep or full that the inhalation was um, very full too and uh, the in-breathing of breath which is ultimately intelligent energy or prana uh, catalyzed or triggered just a natural arising of joy and that's uh, you know possibility and but the release the the capacity to really exhale not forced exhale I'm talking about the body by itself exhaling deep so that even lower lung um, material comes out not material but you know the vapors from the lower lungs come out very very purifying <clears throat> uh, that exhalation the, the, that respiratory cycle experienced intimately in Anapanasati um, teaches one about the path of return as um, related to the quality of exhalation related to the conditions of equilibrium or um, great acceptance and love and wellness in mind allowing the respiratory cycle to get to that point where the exhalation is that way uh, that is very much uh, analogous to the creational um, cycle of uh, the heartbeat um, contraction expansion or pumping the blood out and the blood coming back very many analogies and very many um, reflections can come naturally upon that um, uh, contemplation so <clears throat> This is the rhythm of outward going outward and coming inward, and this is um, you know the, the 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 universe is not quite a big bang, but it's more like a giant heart or uh, the breathing, the breath the breath of uh, the infinite one, the the one infinite creator breathing, uh, and we are um, experiencing you know. Uh, the the movement back to the source of breath uh, and so <clears throat> 277 Don is saying in intelligent infinity again before activity we have work without polarity or a potential difference doesn't exist we're, you know again we're talking about potential and kinetic or um, the, the infinite void plenum richness of intelligent infinity before motion leading to motion which is kinetic or work and leads to the generation of light intelligent energy Ross says there's no difference potential or kinetic in unity so that you know the essence of intelligent infinity is non-differentiation there is no differentiation into those two phases and this is so they explain Ross explains the basic rhythms of intelligent infinity are totally without distortion of any kind and no differentiation can be applied that's why you know freedom from naming activity Gautama Buddha talked about rhythms are clothed in mystery they are being itself the essence of being being uh, indefinability indefinable then from this undistorted unity however you know nevertheless appears a potential in relation to intelligent energy or a potential in relation to um, 
the exploration of, of finity, the illusion, the concept of light. Ra said, you are all dancing thoughts. And so the octave is um, the thought, the, the heart thought of infinity. Uh, creation is the, is the beating heart or the breathing of the infinite one uh, <clears throat> expressing itself um, in the concept of light. So intelligent energy, light love, love light, Ra once referred to as the concept of light. The concept of light is the basis for Ra's statement that you're all bad, you're, you are dancing thoughts, you're not living a material universe. <clears throat> what appears to be a material universe is really energy. And that energy is ultimately insubstantial. And it's not, it's immaterial. What we experience as materiality is simply a, the result of limited perception. Really, it is a manifestation of thought, the thought of the infinite creator, exploring the concept of infinity through the concept of light, through the distortion of free will, with our experiencing ourselves as apparently separate. <clears throat> Resolving all that back to its source is the path of return or the spiritual path, that soul progression. Hope you're having a good time here. So, uh, <clears throat> so let's move to the new material, and I'll try to go faster. <laughs> good, good. Um, Twenty-seven eight. Don says, "Now I understand that the first distortion of intelligent infinity is the distortion of what we call free will. Can you give me a definition of this distortion? What's the definition?" of the law of free will, or the first distortion, Ross said, in this distortion of the law of one, the first distortion, it's recognized that the creator will know itself. So the purpose of the law of free will is for the infinite creator to know itself, exploring the concept of infinity, where, you know, through um, the manifestations and interplay of the concept of light. Light love, love light, the logoi, the octaves. God goes on, am I correct in assuming that the Creator will know the Creator, that the Creator will know itself the Creator, then grants for this knowing the concept of freedom? You, you see, again, it's, <clears throat> you know, infinity doesn't grant, it just explores or manifests. Anyway, he's wondering uh, the ways of knowing are the, is the Creator giving itself this experience of the law of free will so that it has total freedom of choice, as the ways of knowing how to know itself, Ross said, quite correct. Uh, yes, the purpose of the law of free will is that the creator uh, will know itself uh, through, um, you know, uh, the provision of uh, free choice. And again, the law of free will is also called the law of confusion. Ra is the only source, I think, in, in, in on earth, actually, that uses that... Um, that synonym, or the, makes the uh, uh, definition of the law of free will equivalent to a law of confusion, whereby souls can move out of confusion from misunderstanding as catalyst, uh, and confusion as catalyst can move to clarity and understanding. Uh, free will is an experience of those who are still confused. The crystallized healer has no will, said Ra, meaning higher self or a, a full, fully developed adept has no experience of personal free will aside from knowing um, the will of the one or the will of creation as to what's really best, just like the angelics. The angelics don't have free will. They never had. And uh, because they simply see the plan and what's ideal and what's best and try to make it happen. Like the, the ideal conditions for a plant and the flowering cycles of plants. So they help the plants, those are like the fairies. And so plant devas, plant spirits, they see how the plant ought to be and help it along. Likewise, the crystallized healer, the full adept, the higher self and above um, don't need personal willing because they see reality beyond distortion. 
uh, and therefore there's no more uh, application of the law of free will as a law of confusion, making personal choice to get out of confusion, uh, because they're no longer deluded. There's, there's the perception of one, rather than um, only the perception of two. So that's, this is non-dual awareness. And so <clears throat> at the higher levels, there's not even a need for free will uh, because the work has been done. And that really, that freedom from confusion really uh, is established at, at the level of higher self and then beyond. So 27.10, Don says, uh, <clears throat> this then being the first distortion of the law of one, which I'm assuming is the law of intelligent infinity, wrong. There is nothing called the law of intelligent infinity. Correction, da, da, da. so he's, you know, finding his way. And he says, so all other distortions are the total experience of the creator spring from this is a correct. In some cases, it's good not to get too hung up on Don's question and just focus on Ra's answer. There's no distortion, I think, in Ra's answer, but Don, like we, are learning along the way. Ra's answer says, this is both correct and incorrect. Uh, what? Well, we'll see. Ra says, in your illusion, meaning from our perspective, all experience springs from the law of free will or the way of confusion. In another sense, which we are learning in late sixth density, the experiences are this distortion. The point is, yes, of course, because Ra is not yet out of the formless realms. Gautama and Nityananda are, fi are finished with the formless realms. Buddhism, there are three worlds, three realms, desire, form, formless. The formless, in my understanding, are associated with sixth and seventh density, form with fourth and fifth, desire, world, third density. Uh, freedom from attachment to the formless states or worlds or realms or sixth, seventh density, what Ra is learning, uh, is that they say the experiences all all uh, that which we all that we deem or define or consider to be an experience is itself uh, a manifestation of the law of free will. This distortion means the distortion of the law of free will or way of confusion. It, the point is that our conceptualization, naming activity, is what gives rise to what we call experience, right? The interplay of the matrix and the potentiator leads to, uh, or interplay of matrix and potentiator in the tarot for mind, uh, work is worked upon by catalyst, which creates experience, part four. So matrix one, potentiator two, catalyst three, experience four. Experience is born of the uh, impact of catalyst upon the interacting of matrix and potentiator. And so, uh, when, um, when there's no confusion, there's no experience. Then there's no free will. Uh, when Ra said, you're dancing thoughts, they're saying that um, this is all in the mind of the creator, but our, uh, what we think is real is basically conceptual. The concept of light and the concept of affinity. And when Gautama talks about the Arhat, who's finished with the whole game, finished and finished with the, sec, the, the formless realms, that there's no way of, of defining their, their experience. It's just no words apply. Naming activity has ceased. There are no categories that can be applied to that one. Because it is one. The, uh, the, the one who is uh, liberated from the octave is one and therefore no terms are useful. Uh, no naming activity or concepts are applicable. Uh, and that's the end of experience and the end of uh, a distinction between catalyst and experience. It's the end of any experience or separation between a matrix and a potentiator. The source has, the source and the manifestation are realized as one. And so uh, there's no more cyclicity beyond sixth density. This is what Ra is coming to understand is uh, <clears throat> the emptiness of naming activity and the emptiness, sunyata, of 
so-called self-defined experience and experiencing. And so the illusory nature of experience is uh, uh, understood by the emptiness of naming activity. Freedom from naming activity coming from realizing the emptiness of, of mind and thought uh, leads to freedom from all distortion and uh, the completion of soul progression out of the octave. Don says, I'll have to think about that and ask questions on it in the next session. Um, and that's right, because this is so subtle, you know, to, to cognize the processes of sixth and seventh density and transit to the octave is, is you know, beyond words, ultimately. So what about the second distortion? Is it the distortion of love? Ross says it's correct. 27.12. He's asking, can you define love in this sense as the second distortion? And Ra explains it very well. They say, this, meaning the law of love or the second distortion, this must be defined against the background of intelligent infinity or unity or the one creator, these are synonyms, with the primal distortion of free will, which is the kinetic. Move, making uh, motion leading to light and vibration. The term love then may be seen as a focus, the choice of attack. I wouldn't use that word, but the focus, choice of attack, the type of energy of an extremely, shall we say, high order, which causes intelligent energy to be formed from the potential of intelligent infinity in just such and such a way. This then may be seen to be an object rather than an activity by some of your peoples, and the principle of this extremely strong energy focus being worshipped as the creator, instead of unity or oneness from which all loves emanate, which ought to be, in parentheses, parenthetically, which ought to be um, worshipped as creator. Creator, you can say God is love. So when Ra says <clears throat> this, uh, the, the infinity of love, as um, a focalizing or uh, a shaping force that allows undifferentiated intelligent energy, which is the kinetic or uh, in motion um, manifestation of intelligent infinity, this intelligent energy is shaped by this infinite love of the creator. Uh, this is a forming from the potential of intelligent infinity to the kinetic of intelligent energy, forming in just such and such a way. Uh, people on Earth may see it as an object or see the infinite love of the Creator as an object to be worshipped, rather than um, an activity of uh, the Creator which is greater than simply love. Love is an aspect of infinity, but the nature of the Creator is infinity. Or unity from which all loves or love emanates and so we're talking about source versus manifestation there's no god but god you know the the islamic uh, declaration there's no god but allah means there's no god but god there's no god but the one god uh the only higher dimensional god that matters is the source of light which is nameless of course we say god or allah or some other name it doesn't matter it's a matter that uh, infinity, intelligent infinity, is the source of light. Uh, light manifests as it's being here called intelligent energy, which is no different than the Logos. And so, uh, better to worship the Creator as unity or infinity than the Creator as love only. Uh, is there a manifestation of love we could call vibration? And that's a great question because that's brings us to a distinction between love as the second principle, the enabling principle, the focalizing of intelligent energy, versus love as fourth chakra, fourth dimensional vibration. Ross said, again, we reach semantic difficulties. The vibration or density of love or understanding, fourth, is not a term used in the same sense as the second distortion, love. So we have the three laws or three distortions, Free will, love, light, and then love as applied to um, the dimension of uh, four, uh, related to green ray heart chakra. Ross says the distortion love, capital L, being the great activator, 
and primal co-creator with free will of various creations using intelligent infinity. On the other hand, the vibration love, small l, being that density in which those who have learned to do an activity called loving without significant distortion then seek the ways of light or wisdom, right? fifth density. Thus, in vibratory sense, love comes into light in the sense of the activity of unity in its free will. Okay, hey. Love uses light and has the power to direct light in its distortions. Thus, vibratory complexes recapitulate in reverse the creation in its unity, thus showing the rhythm or, grow or flow of the great heartbeat, if you'll use this analogy. <clears throat> and so there's, you know, systole, diastole, contraction, dilation <clears throat> of the heart, or the uh, respiratory cycle, exhale, inhale, or the tides of the ocean. Uh, we have a distinction clear here between the use of the word love as second principle, second law, second distortion, the law of love, as an enabling or a focalizing for intelligent energy, uh, as intelligent infinity, you know, becomes manifest, versus love as vibration, or quality of mind, fourth density, fourth chakra, in which um, those who know what loving means, which is basically unconditional acceptance, um, use that as the platform to develop light and wisdom. So you see, <clears throat> uh, by free will, uh, we may choose love to seek light. By free will, the Logos generated, uh, generated light through love. So on the one side, coming into creation, you have intelligent infinity uh, making use of free will and love to create light. On, the, on, on our path of return, we have free will using um, our mind, using free will to choose love, the moment contains love, to choose acceptance and seeing truth, seeing reality, being honest, virtue, goodness, uh, as a way of ultimately seeking light, fifth density wisdom, knowing uh, to move back to a condition beyond um, duality, the law of one, be freedom from distortion, higher self, and uh, moving from sixth to seventh to eighth density. So that's why it's called the path of return. It's a kind of a return cycle of the creational phases. So <clears throat> uh, it's important, therefore, to understand the difference between love as second distortion or second principle and love as fourth density, fourth chakra, on the way back to um, unity. 2714... Um, Don is asking about Dewey Larson. He said, I have a statement I have extracted from the physics of Dewey Larson, which may or may not be close to what we're trying to explain. Larson says that all motion, which we can take as vibration, and that vibration, which is pure vibration, and not physical in any way, or in any form, or in any density, that's actually intelligent energy. That vibration by first product of that vibration is what we call photon, the particle of light. And that's, again, you know, I think intelligent energy uh, and the photon of light, which may be of seven qualities, the seven densities. I was trying to make an analogy, so he's just trying to find his way here, trying to make an analogy between this physical solution <clears throat> or the physics of Larson and the concept of love and light. Is it close to the concept of love creating light or not? Well, I said, you're correct. <laughs> Ra doesn't really explain what exactly, uh, what part of what Don said is correct. Maybe all of it's correct, but it's unclear. <clears throat> uh, the idea is that uh, motion is vibration. The vibration here we're talking about is prior to uh, physicality, or it's associated with energy. Uh, it's not physical. It's the vibra vibrating light, upward spiraling light. Um, but really we're talking about the source uh, of the seven-dimensional forms of light, right? Intelligent energy is, um, comes in through the sixth chakra, sixth and seventh chakra, or through seven to six, but 
in in some way we can say that all seven dimensions or the whole octave of forms of energy, seven dimensional forms of energy or vibrations, are um, of the photon, which is the first particle. Or it, this is all conceptual, you know, but uh, that there's a substance that can manifest as seven forms, like the seven color rainbow being the result of the prism, the white light going into the prism. <clears throat> the the nature of the white light going into the prism is akin to the photon of light that comes out as seven rainbow colors, seven dimensions, seven chakras, and seven frequencies of physical light or visible light. And Ross saying, yeah, that's <clears throat> one way you can look at it. And Larsonian physics, uh, Ross said, are ba is basically quite correct, but not complete. It's explained further, 2715, <clears throat> Don souls on. Then I'll expand a bit more on this concept. We have the infinite vibration of love, which can occur, I'm assuming, at varying frequencies. If has if this has a meaning, dot dot dot, I assume it begins at one frequency. Does it have any meaning? Am I making sense? Is it correct? Well, you know, it's a bit of floundering. It's hard to, to question correctly on the fly here. Ra explains each love as you term the prime movers, comes from one frequency, if you wish to use this term. This frequency is unity. We would perhaps ra liken it rather to a strength than a frequency, this strength being infinite, the finite qualities being chosen by the particular nature of this primal movement. So this is another way of talking about the movement from intelligent infinity to intelligent energy. <clears throat> Think of the analogy of uh, the Logos, or beyond the octave, eighth density, coming through seventh chakra and coming out as intelligent energy by sixth chakra. The highest level of the personal equipment could be called sixth chakra, not seven, because seven is constant or uh, infinity itself, or a blend with the next octave, or a fusion opening in the next octave. The key is the development of sixth chakra, to access that. And the key to the development of six chakra, of course, is the development of the clearance of two and three, or one, two, three, by the use of uh, development of four and five, of course. So, uh, <clears throat> the, um, there is no real frequency once uh, intelligent, there's no real frequency to the source of vibration. It's a strength, it's a power, it's um, the infinite will or power that is free will, the law of free will. The law of free will is will, it's freedom will, it's un, unshackled infinite will, which is power, which is strength. And that uh, that is, is, you know, prior to the law of love, the law of free will is the first of the three principles. And so, if you're talking about where frequency comes from, it comes from unity. And we don't really have to call it a frequency because it's not differentiated. It's infinite, it's a strength, Ross says, which is infinite will, infinite power, the strength being infinite. And then after that infinity, or, or as that infinity moves into a kinetic motion or um, it vibrates, starts to uh, seek, you know, move to light, then finite qualities are chosen by just how, or just exactly, you know, the particular nature of this primal movement. So the infinite strength, which is infinite will of free will, uh, by the nature of its movement, which is the choices of the Logoi in the determination of the laws of the octaves. You know, the, the laws of physics and metaphysics are chosen by the Logos, the Logoi of the octaves uh, in a galaxy. That is, they're the ones, the Logos is choosing um, by its own um, exploration, the particular nature of the primal movement or vibration or frequency of light, which is the manifestation of intelligent infinity. 
uh, in the manifestation here is called intelligent energy. Then this vibration, <clears throat> Ra goes, uh, Don goes on, 2716, then this vibration, which is, which we could call pure motion, it's pure love, it's not condensed yet to form any type of density or illusion, right? So we're talking about before the octaves. The love, these three principles exist before the octaves. This love, capital L, then creates by the process of vibration a photon, which is light, which is the basic particle of light. Yes. This photon then, by added vibrations and rotations, further condenses uh, or vibrates into particles of the densities, the various densities that we experience is a correct process is correct. So this is, um, you know, a, a, a recap of the creational process. So, uh, by infinite strength, infinite potential, there is, um, by desire, uh, the seeking of experience, which is itself conceptual, <laughs> the concept of affinity, manifesting ultimately the concept of light by way of the interplay of free will and love. Uh, and the love or the logos the second principle, second law of love, is the Logos, which is love-light, light-love, the source or the nature of intelligent energy, which is intelligent infinity in action, in, a kinetic, in its kinetic phase. Uh, and then the photon of light, light as the interplay of free will and love, uh, has added vibrations and rotations and then condenses or manifests, doesn't really condense because it's not physical, but it manifests as the particles or the nature of the seven-dimensional octaves. Okay, 2717, we're almost at the end here. Uh, now this is another halting question. The light, Don's question, uh, light which forms the densities has what we call color, rainbow colors, seven densities. This color is divided into seven categories of color, can you tell me, is there a reason or an explanation for these categories of color? Can you tell me something about that? Don is probably overwhelmed here, like, my God, Ron knows everything. <laughs> I can ask any question. The question is, what the hell am I going to ask and how to phrase this? Ron says, this will be the last complete question of the session and um, explains. The nature of the vibratory patterns of your universe the nature of the vibratory patterns of your universe is dependent upon the configurations placed upon the original material or light by the focus or love using its intelligent energy to create a certain pattern of illusions or densities in order to satisfy its own intelligent estimate of a method of knowing itself. Thus the colors, as you call them, are as straight or narrow or necessary as is possible to express, given the will of love, um, and they're saying there's further information they'll be happy to share, but not now. <laughs> and that was this was the last main uh, exchange of session 27. Ra is saying, uh, you know, Don is really asking, how come there are seven colors? Why those colors? And I don't know if you can really say why does it look that way. It just looks that way to our eyes in terms of the, the qualities of color, of the seven colors of the rainbow, which are I don't know, akin exactly the same as the seven colors associated with the seven chakras, one to one. Uh, Ra's trying to explain, you know, why um, it has this, this spectrum. They say this nature of the vibratory patterns of your universe, which means the nature of the differentiation of original, of unity, into sevenfold light in the octave, meaning uh, in creation, depends on the configurations placed upon uh, the original material or light. Again, we're at we're working on the uh, shaping of intelligent energy uh, downstepped from intelligent infinity by the logoi the sub-logos, they're actually sub-logoi, the creator of solar systems, seven-dimensional system, seven solar systems, they 
um, place configurations, or they make this, they make choice in how to configure the original undifferentiated white light into forms of sevenfold octaves, meaning they may be seven dimensions in each octave, but the um, qualities of each of the seven are different in each octave, but there are always seven, according to this view, I think. Uh, but the seven dimensional uh, vibrations or seven density conditions and seven chakra conditions too of uh, life in any one octave is different than any other octave. And that's shaped by the logoi. So these configurations placed upon the original material or light by the focus or love, that's intelligent, that, that's the logoi, which is love light, the solar creators we can say. By using its intelligent energy, right? <laughs> it's using intelligent energy. The Logos is intelligent energy and uses intelligent energy. But the Logos is basically a focalizing of undifferentiated intelligent energy by free will into a beingness that we call God. It's, it's actually, you see, ident there, there is no separative identity than the substance which is doing the identifying. We are infinity identifying ourselves with uh, vibration and uh, and having experience which is confusion which according to the free law of free will we're able to cho make choices within to move out of confusion uh, to realize that our identity is is the one and that that one is infinite and therefore um, no differentiation is needed or possible um, in the dissolution of separative identity when we realize what we are. And so it's the Logos that makes these choices that configures the particular um, qualities of the seven rainbow colors, seven dimensions in any one octave, again with a relation to the conditions of the chakras of beings in any one octave. Those are different too. Uh, and that's in order to satisfy its own intelligent estimate of a method of knowing itself. So it's all about self-knowing. There's only the one self. There's only one of us here, that Neil Donald Walsh, that kind of thing. Uh, it's all about, you know, know thyself. And that's why know thyself for us is, um, you know, the essence of the path. If you know thyself, uh, you will return to infinity. Because that's thyself. <laughs> That's thou's self. Uh, and so the creator wishes to know itself and manifest, you know, infinity wants to know itself and explores the concept of infinity in, with the concept of light through the focalizing of love into the seven dimensions where beings then uh, by free will in confusion choose uh, first to seek love and honesty and thereby develop appreciation for light uh, following the principle of knowing themselves, returning back to the original source of the one that also wished to know itself. So we wish to know ourselves, know thyself, which is uh, completely analogous or derivative from the infinite creator wishing to know itself too by manifesting us as a, you know, evolving units, evolving mind, body, spirit complexes in the octave. And so the colors are straight or as narrow necessary as possible to express given the will of love. That's the interplay of free will and love. And so colors uh, and the conditions or qualities of energy of seven dimensions in any one octave are as they are, uh, according to that particular logoi or logoic decision uh, Logos's decision uh, to configure light into its own octave. And that's it for today. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's very lovely stuff. This is cosmology. And, um, you know, if you get this, um, you know, this is just a shallow presentation. But if we get this level of presentation, we don't have to worry about it too much more. <laughs> and we can get into a further understanding of uh, the creation, which is the manifestation of the concept of light, 
and uh, the ways of self-knowing self or being knowing itself uh, on the path of return, soul progression, uh, and how we can get out of confusion and, um, you know, more fully manifest what we are, becoming the universe that which it is, which it, which it is. So, um, love as vibration or love as second principle? Well, there were two definitions or two uses of the word love. The first use is as the second principle in the... Basically, if you visualize the Pink Floyd album, Dark Side of the Moon, it shows a white light entering a prism coming out as seven rays, seven rainbow colors. The prism are the three principles, three laws, free will, love, light. Uh, love can be then discussed, you know, presented as that principle or way, second distortion. That's before light, before the octaves. And within the light, then the center, the, the heart, fourth color, the fourth ray, fourth dimension, fourth chakra, we also call love. And so the center of the seven is the four. Fourth is number four, which is also called love. And that's love as vibration or quality of energy uh, and consciousness. Uh, that is the way to light. Uh, in the next octave, there's no moral polarity like we have here in third and fourth and fifth and early sixth densities. Therefore, there's nothing other than an experience of uh, what we call love. Therefore, there would be no need to be seeking love, as far as I can tell, because it already would have already been learned, because the being already, um, you know, experiences infinity, identity, you know, infinite identity, or uh, non-identity, non non-duality, after leaving the octave. So I don't think that, <clears throat> I mean, the real one question would be, you know, the, the the three principles gave rise to all the octaves, not just this one. We can say that, therefore, of course, the second principle, love, the enabling, focalizing force, um, is prior to those uh, those higher octaves too. But if those are octaves, then they have seven rays, which are you know a higher level of of our octave seven rays, but there's also a fourth ray in the next octave too. Here we call it love green ray. There um, it's analogous, uh, but it's not. It doesn't include the duality that we experience of love of self, love and self and other, self loving. You know, subject object consciousness, dual consciousness. I may love. I may not love. I may choose love. I may choose not to love. That choice doesn't exist in the next octave, and um, therefore the possibility of non-loving is probably not there either. But there's still a fourth ray, or a central of the seven, if there is really seven rays in the next octave. If they call them octaves, they must be. It's probably something um, analogous to what we call love, but it's much more refined understanding of um what love is than how we understand it in the progression from, you know, third to fifth. So you see, this stuff is, you know, way above personal relevance. <laughs> and to the extent that, that we're having any trouble in our personal life or any disturbance or uncomfortable feeling in the moment or in general in body and mind, in our life, in our human way, um, this uh, is hard to grasp or seems really irrelevant. But for higher brain and mind development, it's useful to consider this cosmology. But it's really only relevant to the extent that the personal life is, is free and easy, more or less, in the moment, in the studying and in general in our life. Then it's useful for higher development of wisdom and um, higher chakras, linkage, five, six, seven. It's really transpersonal, you know. It's really beyond the personal. It's beyond higher self, actually. You see? So, 
it's it's the highest levels of uh, Buddhist meditation or the trances, the jhanas. Uh, it's basically you know six. It, it's five, six, seven, five, six, seven, eight stuff. <laughs> so upper five and six, seven, eight dimensions and energy fields. Um, that'll be it for today. Uh, next time we'll go to session twenty-eight. And uh, 28 has 21 questions and more about cosmology and more about evolution, bringing in astronomy and physics. So these are the, these are the physics cosmology sessions, 27 and 28. We'll see where we go from there. So anyway, thank you for being here today and um, see you next time. Okay, good night.